Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ, I'm the former wrestler, we've got Dave the Ultimate Fan here with us, as we do every week, our producer Joe may, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod, we've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll also read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, June Hernandez, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your copy today at LanceByChance.com. From J- oh. Hey, that's all right. We're starting off hot. <laughs> Working fans, comedy cast. This is the man they call Dave. We got AJ Strangebrew here, and today... We are going to talk about one of his favorite subjects, himself. Yeah. So one of my one, one of my wife's least favorite things to talk about. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why we didn't bring her on. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, AJ's done a little bit of comedy and a little bit of pro wrestling. So let's talk about the comedy. Why did you decide to do stand up? I was bartending. I started to stand up back in 2010, and I was basically I was bartending, and the comics from. Foxwoods Resort Casino would come in as I was bartending and I would talk to them and they told me that they thought it would be a good idea to um, try and do it. So that, they convinced me, which took a lot of convincing because, you know, I don't like to be the person up on stage. <laughs> there was one dude. He was drunk and you're like, God damn it. They're pulling me in. What was I going to do? I was, I was like, this guy's a genius. <laughs> so, so what ended up happening, one of the friends of our show is Pat Oates. He does the yep. wrestling show with us. He'll be on this eventually. He is a very popular stand-up comic throughout New England. He does it professionally. He has won God knows how many awards for best comic in New England. And He's stuff got like a Wikipedia that. page. Look him up. Exactly. So he was running a class at Comics at Foxwoods, which is now at Mohegan Sun. But he was running a class there. And to be honest with you, he was probably just trying to fill the class. Mm. But he said, "Uh, hey, you should come to the class. You're pretty funny. And give it a try. And that's how I got up there. That's funny. So Pat was it was Pat one of the comedians you talked to at the bar too? Or? He wasn't originally. Okay. He, I talked to those comedians and then when I knew the owners of comics from getting them drunk. Yeah. And they would come in and I always would ask them, you know, because they would also say, Hey, you should try, you know, doing one of our stand up nights, one of our open mic nights, something like that. And well, I told them, I said, I'm not a person who just likes to jump up into things. Is there like a class? Is there someone you recommend working with? 
and they recommended Pat's, and then Pat came in, and I checked out Pat's class. Which is funny, because we talked to Pat, and Pat has basically said he doesn't even believe in stand-up classes. He but, does not. Right. But it was a way for comics to get people to come get in, purchase drinks, get comfortable. It gave them a chance to see what people could do before bringing in new comics, stuff like that. Well, what I want to ask, though, is, so Pat doesn't really believe in it. But did you find it a useful tool? It was useful for me because it gave me an opportunity to... Most comics, when they start off, start off in open <coughs> mics, which open mm -hmm. mics are usually in a place where there's no actual real stage. It's mm -hmm. just you engaging the crowd from the same level and stuff like that. Getting to work in comics and going to that class, you had an opportunity to be up on stage and to actually work down to the audience and see what it was like to actually do crowd work in a real scenario, not in a coffee shop. Now, I want to ask you this, because it's going through my head. Having hung out with you at the bar a few times, you often would engage people all around the bar. It was one of your things. You're probably trying to get tips, obviously. But, you know, you're making connections. You're talking to people. Did you find that background useful in this at all? Yeah. Well, that paid off a lot, and okay. it, it, work in the bar is not that different than crowd work. You want to be able to talk to multiple people, and the other thing is is by engaging those other people, sometimes you take a little bit of the work off yourself. You don't want to give it completely away, but you take a little bit of the work off yourself because if they become engaged, it mm. takes a little bit of your workload away. Right. They're helping fill up the time, essentially. Exactly. So now instead of going up there and having to do say 10 minutes of just you telling jokes you can now stretch it to say 15 to 20 minutes because you've got the material that they're feeding you okay now how much different probably difficult is it being funny at a bar just joking around with your friends basically like in that type of environment maybe a little different but similar and being on stage and putting a basically a set together it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. People don't get that all the time, but you're in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. When you're up on stage and you're doing comedy, you're basically standing up there naked in front of these people and they're expecting you to be funny. Yeah. If you're the funny bartender, they're happy because they're like, oh, I didn't expect the bartender to be funny and have a personality. When they pay to go in to see a comic, they're like, all right, I paid to see you. You better be fucking funny. Mm. And as we've talked about before, people have different thoughts on what's funny. It's like art. People are amused by different things. And when you're not the headline comedian, people don't aren't coming to specifically see your style of comedy. So if you're not booked on the correct show or if you're working underneath someone who's a completely different style comic, those people might not find you funny at all. Now, question. As somebody who struggles with short-term memory, would that be a problem with a, <laughs> when you're putting an act together and going on stage? <laughs> I, 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 I do. I struggle with short-term memory. No, I was just kind of curious, but you do. Okay, so you get No, 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 I, I do. I, as you know, I've been concussed a little bit from wrestling mm -hmm. and different sports. Uh, and I find that, as, especially now that I've gotten a little bit older, Mm -hmm. I struggle sometimes with names, like we sure. were talking about comics the other day, and uh, even big name comics. Sometimes I can struggle with the names, not on purpose, oh, right. but just because I have that short term memory or that sometimes even long term memory loss, and so I'm paying the price for that. But speaking of short term memory loss, let's see if we can get back to this question. <laughs> so, 
What was yeah, it? Short yeah, term the, memory. The, yeah, short-term memory loss and struggling with the set. So, right, yeah. Does it affect so you? what what I do basically before I go on stage, because I do a lot of crowd work, mm-hmm. is I think about what I want to say and I almost reflect or try to visualize where I want to go with it mm-hmm. and try to find that direction. I'm not somebody who writes out, and you've known me for a long time, even with these shows, I'm not somebody who writes out 50 notes. No, there's not. not there, there's literally four <clears throat> bullet points that I want to get to, and I know that I'm not going to tell the joke the same way twice. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's the bullet point and getting the message across. And sometimes that helps. I'll be honest with you, it helps with the crowd because the same crowd can hear my same set like three times, and I'll probably tell the joke <clears throat> three different ways. Right. Because just because I don't have the memory retention to tell it exactly the same way every time. Cheesy question. Give me your two. One, your best moment you feel in stand-up so far where you performed and your worst moment. Best moment in stand-up. Oh, God. For you personally, you felt it click that night for whatever reason. And just the opposite. What I, was doing, I was doing a roast at a great comedy location, Pistol Pete's. Mm-hmm. That's a little inside joke for any comic that might actually listen to this, but that's <laughs> fine. Pistol Pete's is basically in the border on the border of Preston and Norwich, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and is basically uh, a cross between ghetto and redneck. Did somehow, it, yes, somehow. Yes. I, I I don't know how it works. Somehow, I expect to see like a Confederate flag and a Black Lives Matter sign together on their door. I don't working I don't together they, as a team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I the don't know. Goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they pull it together. But they had yeah. a local person who's very popular there, and his family wanted to do a roast, and we were doing a comedy show, and we roasted a family member for this person. Hmm. And it, it was just clicking on all cylinders that night. I was yeah. making fun of the person who runs the bar. I was making fun of this person. This guy literally looked like Flavor Flav on crack. <laughs> and, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I started off the set, and I'm just going to tell you this one part. The whole yeah. start, the, and I can't even remember his name. It was like Spider or something like that. And a great nickname. But guy literally looked like he was 100 years old. So I told him. Flavor Flav. I got to see yes. this guy. <laughs> But, but I told, well, when I was talking about him to first to start off, I said to him, I said, yeah, his family brought him in tonight. They want to celebrate him. The man's been working hard his whole life. His first life was on the railroad. Unfortunately, it was the Underground Railroad. <laughs> That's uh, and, and it was just one of those things that was clicking on all cylinders. And while that might not work in this circumstance, I promise you that room was going, as Pat Patterson would say, bananas. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. We were saying earlier, too, you were with a crowd, too, that really wanted to laugh that night. They were on, and you also probably had the ability, I guess, in that particular situation, you were very well aware of a lot of these people, too. Well, it is, and it's also about reading your crowd. Right. Knowing what they're looking for, what kind of humor. So, on on the flip side, was the worst time maybe in a room who didn't want to laugh? I don't know. The worst time that I had was actually, I told a joke one time about Rihanna and Chris Brown, and the crowd was actually eating it up before I went there. Mm Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, in the background, all of a sudden you heard, I don't know if the DJ screwed up or what, but they started playing Umbrella, Ella, 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 yeah, that yeah. horrible song. And I said, God damn, that's the reason why Chris Brown smacked her is he thought he was fucking stuttering and she wouldn't shut the fuck up. 
And I had one lady in the audience who was like, you don't know what it's like to be an abused woman. Ooh. I was like, here we go. Such a Bill Cosby and, there, by the way. But yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and don't get me wrong. The whole set was not bad. Yeah. It was just that moment mm-hmm. her table kind of sided with her because they were afraid to. So all of a sudden I'm fending off like eight drunk women who all of a sudden are having a march on the comedy club gotcha and all 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 because one woman did not have a sense of humor about chris brown and rihanna which is funny <laughs> but i i get it because comedy is subjective and, and it is and she yeah. has a right to be offended i don't care that she's offended yeah i'm going to a comedy club like, oh man, you should not be easily offended, especially yeah. over something. I don't that know how simple. this happens, though. This seems to be almost like a thing. Like a lot of people just stumble into comedy clubs and get offended. Like you don't know what you're in for, potentially. But well, yeah. it's almost like they were shopping next door. She's like, "Oh my right. god, Han, we're at Express. We should stop in. We should Let's visit." Check it out. <laughs> my goodness, I hear that. I hear they might have some chuckles for us. Some chuckles. Yeah, chuckles. All right. I'm going to stop this now. <laughs> Who, who's been helping you along the way? Pat is always a great help to Pat. me. I was lucky enough. I did things differently than most do. I started booking right away. Mm-hmm. I booked at For uh, That Pistol Pete's. I booked for the Strange Brew Pub. I booked for the Harp and Dragon. I booked for several places. And what I would do is basically would not stuff. collect a di- well no i wouldn't collect a dime from them yeah uh, but what i would do is i would pay the comics with whatever cover i was collecting off the door and then the bar would give them each basically two free drinks so that would get a crowd in for them on a night that they don't normally do it so we do it on like a wednesday tuesday something gotcha. like that so they're now building a clientele sunday night something where they wouldn't normally make money mm. and so they're happy as can be because you're bringing in the money for them And it gave me an opportunity to learn from a lot of the regional comics, but I also brought in a lot of the comics from New York, Boston, the ones who were traveling in to actually come in and work Foxwoods or say work Mohegan Sun. I would get a lot of them because they had worked Friday or Saturday night, and this was an opportunity to work their material either before or after, and they could come in, just get drinks, relax with other comics and not have to worry about the pressure of doing a big set. So I would get a chance to learn from those guys, and mm. it, it, it was really a great atmosphere for that. All right. Now, last question. Any similarities to that and pro wrestling? Oh, there's so many similarities between that and pro wrestling. When it comes to doing both when you're starting off, you're not really getting paid. Uh, the comics right. with me were thrilled because I was paying comics who hadn't made a dollar in the mm-hmm. business sometimes to work the undercard, and I would give them at least gas money and a freaking couple drinks. Whereas right. most places, they had to beg and scrape just to get up on stage, and they weren't making a dollar off of it. So when you start off in pro wrestling, you're lucky if you get gas money, a yeah. hot dog, and don't get yeah. your neck broken. And comedy is really no different because even though you're not physically, you might not get hurt. Every time you go up on stage, eh, there's an opportunity for you to emotionally, especially some of these comics are manic depressive, stuff like Mm. that. I mean, you talk about people who are feeding off energy. They go up there and it's either the high of doing fucking morphine or it is Mm. the low of, oh my God, I should commit suicide. That set sucked. Mm. So it it can be a very challenging thing. Do you have any... Maybe it's not on your radar, but do you see potentially doing stand-up in your future again? 
Absolutely. Uh, luckily for me, I've been asked to do a few shows. Mm-hmm. The one at the Elbow Room, unfortunately, they closed down for the winter just because they weren't getting enough people in. So they're going to redo that in the springtime. A lot of these clubs are able to actually do it. I get invites to Mohegan Sun a lot. That's just a bit of a hike when you work 60 hours a week and put yeah. together all these shows that we put together. Mm-hmm. So to so to go there for a 10-minute set is a little little challenging sometimes. The good thing about my comedy is, is I'm not polished. I'm not a great comic like Pat or those guys. I can basically do what I do on the undercard with very little time to prepare because it is so much crowd work. Sure. I'm basically going to use similar material every time I go. And I'm looking forward to getting back on stage. Uh, doing this podcast has made it so that I'm very excited about it. I can tell you one thing I'm not excited about. I'm not excited about doing virtual comedy. Yeah. I don't know how they do <laughs> virtual comedy. If yeah. I don't have people to talk to, if I had to just sit here and tell jokes with my monotone voice and no crowd i don't know what the hell would happen need like a laugh track <laughs> it, it, I, I do i would need a laugh track yeah. i would need to plant people on like this and have them actually act stupid so i can make fun of them i don't know what i would do well we didn't really plan this today too by the way so uh this is a last moment thing as aj mentioned we are both very busy people during the week but we still want to always put together an episode so uh, hope you hopefully, enjoy this little insight here. Hopefully this gives people a little bit of insight, a little something. I mean, like I said, clearly uh, it's not like you're talking to like Jim Jeffries or freaking. Um, you're, <laughs> no, you're I'm just, not. <laughs> no, you're, ju- you're just talking to a guy who's worked local shows. And I have been lucky. I have yeah. gone into New York. I've worked at Gotham on their undercard. I've worked in Dick Doherty's in Boston. I've been on stage you know at casinos. Uh, we'll, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap up with this, actually. Since you are really kind of in the beginning still in a lot of stages, where would you recommend people to go if they want to start comedy or what to do? So here's what you do. You find a local bar or something of that nature that's doing an open mic. And I know that sounds like, oh, great, an open mic. The open mic is not just about polishing your set. It's about networking. When you spend time networking with other comics, it's no different than wrestling. You get to know people, you become a set group, you make friends. I was in a class with a guy named Jeff Wade. And to this day, if I do something or I put a show together, I'll reach out to Jeff and say, hey, Jeff, can you want to work this? You want to be on the show? Stuff like that. And it's about growing the friendship. Even if you look at big time comics, how many times do you see big time comics that usually work together, have set friends that are, they actually pair up. And it's the reason why, is because all the way back to like Jay Leno and um, Jerry Seinfeld, guys like that, they all came up from the Laugh Factory with Robin Williams and stuff like that in California. They all worked together in the beginning of their career. So you want to have that team because somebody will say, oh, I'm on this show. Can I bring so-and-so with me? I'm on this show. Hey, come along. Even if you're not booked for the show, somebody's not going to show up. You can get a few minutes on there. And it's all about doing repetition and getting those reps in and making those friends. So go to a local place. Be humble. Don't go in there acting like you're Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor. Be humble. Be be happy to get the stage time. And ask people questions. Don't be afraid to ask. The old vets love. Don't worry. They will fuck with you. I'm not telling they won't fuck with you. They're they're Mm. comics. They're going to fuck with you. But they love to actually answer questions, and they love people who are passionate about it. So don't be afraid. 
There you go. All right, folks. I hope that answers some questions for you. Hope you enjoyed this. Maybe a little insightfulness for you. But that is the Working Fans Comedy Cast for this week. I'm the man they call Dave. He's AJ Strangebrew. We're out. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 